We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to give a quick shout out to our partner, Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day, and I started to give them a try because I realized that in order to be the real champion of my life, I have to take care of my body. It's an absolute non-negotiable. So I was looking for a comprehensive supplement that I could take daily as a way to increase my overall health and good habits. Because I've realized that one small thing every day is the quickest way that I can create lasting change in my life. And I think about it like this. My choices and my actions matter. So I think of taking AG1 as a choice that is a vote for the person that I want to become someone who's balanced, vibrant, healthy, and full of energy. And that's why I love AG1. It tastes so great and it gives me everything that I need to feel my best. So if all-in-one comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go over to athleticgreens.com coachable. That's athleticgreens.com coachable today. What's up, Coachable family? Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Tori Gordon. This week is special. I say that every week, but I mean it this week, okay? Carissa Johnson is in the house here live in Las Vegas in the studio at Blue Wire Studios here in the Wynn. It's a pleasure, an honor to have you, my dear. You are a force to be reckoned with in this world. You are a seeker. You are after the truth. You are after um, similar things that my heart is like seeking and longing for, which is deeper connection to self and to other and to the divine. And um, we're going to get to to do a little of that today. Um, just to give a little formal introduction to who Krista is so that you guys know a little bit about her. She is an international spiritual guide, transformational speaker, and podcast host of Transcendent Leadership. She's got a master's degree in clinical psychology, is a certified shamanic practitioner, guided energy medicine facilitator, intuitive and energy healer with eight years of experience in the field of transformation. She's been seen on stages with people like Michael Bernard Beckwith, Dr. Joe Vitale, Maria Diamond, Les Brown. And she's really focused on helping, supporting public figures, leaders, CEOs, and high-performing humans 
uh, into transcending limitation and creating massive results so they can experience unlimited success without the sacrifice. Now, that is the key that I want to jump into today is this idea of what does success mean? The illusion of success that so many of us have fallen trap and into, I know I have, and what does redefining it on our terms look like without having to sacrifice who we are in the process? So without getting too far into like this conversation too far, just like, thanks for being here. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. Truly such an honor to have you in my life and be in this space with you and just come together with a pure and holy intention to just really raise the consciousness of humanity and just make our mark and contribution to the world. So it's a beautiful time to be alive and a beautiful time to be here with you. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's one of the things I love most about you is your dedication to service and being a contribution in the world. And you do that in so many ways with your work and your thought leadership and your speaking. Um, And I know today will be no different. Uh, Can you just give people a little bit of background on your journey um, in terms of what you thought success looked like and your journey to kind of trying to attain that idea of success? What did success mean to you um, growing up? Yeah, I think we all have... You know, I was I was thinking about this the other day. I was having a conversation with our friends, um, Jake and Carrie, and just really asking myself, are my beliefs actually mine? Mm. Or were they just programmed and I've adopted them unconsciously? And it wasn't until I actually achieved what is stereotypically viewed as, as success that I realized that that wasn't my version. That wasn't my definition. That wasn't what I really wanted. Mm. And so in 2018, I had literally everything on paper that most people could want. It was actually getting into 2019 and then 2020. I had multiple six figures cash made in my business, multiple five-figure cash months, sold out private coaching packages, the penthouse, the Range Rover, like designer clothing, clothing, everything that growing up, I idealized and I looked at people who had that and said, I want that. Mm -hmm. And not realizing until I reached that moment that I was the most unhappy. In order to get to that place, I had sacrificed everything. Mm -hmm. I was dealing with really significant health issues, um, navigating hormonal imbalances, gut issues, digestion, um, chronic pain in my body. I was navigating the aloneness because I had sacrificed my relationships to get there, prioritizing work over everything. Mm. I had sacrificed my peace and my mental health for productivity. Every moment was filled with being on my phone, posting something, replying to something, launching something, emailing someone. It was this never-ending hit of dopamine and I got addicted to it. Mm -hmm. And my background has been really filled with a lot of like subtle addiction tendencies. When I was growing up, I lived with a single, I had a single parent and got into substance use at a very young age. So when I got to that moment, 
I didn't really realize that that's what was happening. I didn't really realize I was unhappy until I was in my, I remember this distinct moment and this like makes me so emotional thinking about because it, it was never a place I thought I would be. Again, I had everything on paper and I could not get out of bed and I had clients voxering me and I was overwhelmed and I was resenting them and I was in pain. I couldn't get out of bed. My like ovaries were hurting just from like stress and cortisol and all of that. My whole body was just dysfunctioning. And my mom was like, I can't get in touch with you. I just was isolating. I had no one. And it during this time, it was during COVID. So I was isolated. I had just moved to a new area. I was alone and I had virtually crawled down my stairs to get downstairs. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I didn't know the woman in front of me. I didn't know anything about her. I had people who asked me, what do you do for fun? And I did not have an answer. Work, Mm -hmm. coach, you know, those are aspects of what I do and I love, but it became the identity of who I was. And so, yeah, success for me at that time looked like materialism and looked like having the spotlight and looked like having the influence. But I realized I had sacrificed not just myself, but everything that fundamentally means something to me in order to have that. And it was that rock bottom moment that was the catalyst to me diving deep into shamanic work, into energy medicine, into my true path and redefining what success is, which, you know, looks totally different now. Yeah. And we're going to get into that, that path that you're on now and how you, how you found that. But I'd love to know, like, what was, what do you think was the internal belief that was driving you at that time in your life to attain that version of success? Like, what was that thing that you were chasing? And where do you think that you picked up that belief mm. from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know this very well. <laughs> love. I was chasing love. And I was seeking it outside of myself. And growing up, I had a father who was really loving, but showed his love and demonstrated his love through acknowledging my achievements. My dad is a very good person, but he has, my parents have, you know, a lot of their own trauma. Mm. And so when I got my master's degree, I remember just getting off the stage. We go to get dinner. I'm sitting down and I'm like elated because I'm a first generation college student, a first generation graduate student. And I had graduated summa cum laude, like with honors, which was knowing my history, which was astounding to me even. And my dad looked at me and said, when are you going to get your doctorate? I was like, oh, that just hurts. You know, it just really hurts. So I was really, I was seeking love, but I was seeking it from this earthly plane of existence. I was seeking it in achievement. I was seeking it through validation, not realize what I was really fundamentally seeking was the love and presence of of creator, of presence, of connection to people that we all embody, that we all have. So that was a really defining moment for me when I had that. And then it became those micro moments that I was constantly remembering. I'm looking for love. I'm looking for connection. And I'm yearning for that in other people, in things, thinking that when I get this thing, then I'm going to be lovable. Mm. So the belief system that was operating in the background is that I'm not lovable unless I have blank. Mm -hmm. And the thing that was the blank was constantly changing. Right. So so I'd get it. And then it would be like, oh, but it's not that. So it must be this thing. 
And then I'd get that and it was, oh, it's not that. So it must be this thing. Mm -hmm. And so it was this never ending seeking. And what I was really seeking was the end of seeking. Right. What I'm really looking for is to not look anymore and to really be okay exactly where I'm at with what I'm doing, with who I am, and just really allowing myself to walk the path and the journey, being okay and and loving me. Mm -hmm. Do you think you were aware of this at the time, that that's what you were really after? Or was that like a, that was how it was presenting, but were you aware that that was the subconscious belief that was driving that behavior, that you were really after love and connection and, and oneness with yourself? And to like bridge the gap between this part of you that felt separate from the world and thought that to fill that void, it was out there. Mm-hmm. Or did that realization and awareness come later for you? I've always known it was there. It reminds me of what I'm seeing like a visual of a stove. Mm-hmm. And on the stove, you know what's on the other burners, but you might be focused on like the front one. So that was simmering in the background and I was very much aware of it. I wasn't aware of how significant it was driving me. Mm-hmm. I was aware that it was there, it was present, but it wasn't it wasn't top of mind. It wasn't like right before I made a decision. I was like, "Oh, I'm doing this for love. I'm doing this for validation." I would notice that I didn't feel good. I would notice that I didn't feel aligned or congruent or in it. like there was a lack of peace with my decision making, but when you're on that like dopamine high and that seeking, you just kind of live in that state constantly. Mm-hmm. So because I was operating from such a survival state, it was really hard to discern what was my truth versus what is trauma. Mm-hmm. And that was difficult. So I always knew it was there. I just wasn't aware of how much it was really driving until I reached that moment where I looked at myself and I didn't even know who I was, what I loved, what I liked, what I really wanted. Everything every way I was operating seemed to be from some external place that I just adopted because I just saw like I had coaches who did certain things. I had mentors and parents and friends. And so I just, because I didn't love myself, I didn't know who I was. I was grasping onto everybody else's identity, their way of doing things until it just got to a breaking moment. So it was always there and it's, mm-hmm. and it's still there. That's part of me is still there you know, people talk about the death cycle and the portal that you go through. And yes, I think a part of us dies off to rebirth anew, but that part of me is still very much here and and wanting love from me. Sure. And that nurturing from me. What do you think are the biggest lies you and maybe those listening that we believe about what success really is? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. What are the beliefs that we believe about success? Yeah, that we have, that it has to be hard, that we have to sacrifice, that at some point it'll get better. (laughs) Um, You know, once I, once I get to seven figures, then I'll relax. Or once I, you know, my children are this age, then I'll go travel. Once it's the, when I, this, then that syndrome, Mm -hmm. when I get this, then that. And so, Yeah, I think that encompasses like all of it for me. That's the biggest lie is when I have something else, then I can feel different when the opposite is actually true. When you allow yourself to access peace, when you allow yourself to be in a conscious state of love and acceptance, then your circumstance changes. Yeah. 
but it's only from that place can we actually even enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about this myself because I, like you, have in my past achieved a level of success that I thought would fulfill mm-hmm. and then felt empty. And it's in that, it's that dissonance between what I thought I was going to feel and what I actually was internally experiencing that shows me the contrast and is like, oh, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. but I can continue, most people, unless we wake up and become aware of these things, live on that rat race our entire lives, right? Continue going one thing to another to another, searching for a feeling, not just a thing. We're, we're looking for a feeling yeah. that we think it will give us, right? And some of the things that I, I was considering about, about what we think is required to like be quote unquote successful, most of us Definitely have success and money linked in our minds. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. We've and we're constantly chasing more. This just like obsession with more, 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 more. Um, I was actually watching a video um, on YouTube recently. I showed it to Nikki the other night, maybe last night, and it's called it's by Alan Watts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an after school. It's after school's channel where they um, draw and depict what they're talking about. And it's Alan Watts. Um, that says what the the video is what what happens when you only pursue pleasure and he presents the question is what do you desire what do you really desire right and a lot of us especially coming out of college or we're like okay well, what's the next thing am I going to get a job am I going to go get my doctorate am yeah. I going to go get the next degree now and how often we teach our children to do things they don't like doing, to continue to do things they so they can continue to do things and go on doing things they don't like doing. And we teach our kids to do the same. And basically he says, it's much better to live a short life doing something in a meaning that's meaningful than to live a, a long life spent in a miserable way. Mm-hmm. But yet we're so addicted to this idea that like we should do things a certain way and success looks a certain way. And then it comes from doing it all. Mm-hmm. And there's so much pressure on us to do it all and to be it all. And as a byproduct of that, we have to sacrifice. Yeah. What do you say to the person who's listening to you right now, who's burnout, who's looking at their lives and is like, man, I've worked so hard on this. I've said no to so many things. I've been hustling my ass off. I've got side, I go from side hustle to side hustle thinking it's going to be the next thing. Mm -hmm. It's going to make me successful. And they feel just exhausted. And like you and like I are craving that internal fulfillment, that thing that's finally going to fill up that hole that feels so empty and that vast like divide within themselves. And it's like, where is that going to come from? What did you need to hear at that point in your life? There's another way. Like really simple. We're taught one way. And I wore a badge of honor for things being hard. It needed to be earned. I needed to sweat. There needed to be blood and tears. And yet I didn't know that anything else was possible. We really only know what we're exposed to. And if we're only exposed to there is one way to do things, we don't really realize. It's like the person who grows up in a small town. They don't really realize there's a whole world out there. 
there's other ways of doing and operating. And so for the person who's navigating that, oh, like I feel you and I see you and I see that part of you because it's not you, mm-hmm. right? There's a part of you that feels like it has to be that way. But it's through having conversations like this and people like us saying that we've been there mm-hmm. and we found another way. It's like the people who are blazing new trails. Mm-hmm. Come with me. Let us show you. And it's a challenge because it really requires a complete dismantling of your entire reality. And from that, there's grief. Once I, this is like really landing for me right now, because once that I realized it didn't have to be that hard, I didn't just feel like I landed at Disney World. I was like, if it didn't have to be this hard, what about the last 30 years of my life? Mm that I did believe this. What did I miss out on? And it would just, I went into a really profound grief process around what I thought life was, what I, who I thought I was. And that was where the work is, Mm -hmm. going and moving through that grief and getting around other people who were living in a different way to help show you what else is possible. And from that place, it requires also from a physiological perspective, there has to be new neural pathways that fire because brain chemistry shows us that once you have a belief system, it gets ingrained and you look for, you have cognitive biases and you look for certain things that you believe to validate your belief system. Mm -hmm. So once you have a new belief system, it's not like there's sunshine and rainbows. That's when you have to continue to choose every single moment this is not my path. It's not my story anymore. I'm going to continue to lean into what's uncomfortable. And that's really where faith comes in. It's, it's choosing to believe something that you don't have evidence for yet. Mm-hmm. And so even if you don't have a community or don't know that people who are doing it, there is a nudge, there is a trust, there is an invitation to look at things differently. And there's a choice that for me and many of the people that I work with is required every day that you make that choice. And as you make that choice, it might not feel easier and you might feel like you're regressing in some ways, but you're really deepening these new neural pathways and then your whole world becomes different and, and your reality changes. And then it, you become, you stay on the, on the journey, you know, mm-hmm. that continues to unfold. Well, that's the thing, right? We think success is a destination. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's one of the lies. Yeah. Is that we'll get there. Yeah. And then even if we attain some some idea of it, then we're constant. Then, like you said, the goalpost is moving again, and we're and yes, we need goals. We we want to grow and progress, but not from the place of if I don't, then insert something negative about me. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. I'm bad. I'm bad. That was one for me. Yeah. If like. Really, I want people to like let that land. Like if you aren't doing it all, like if I don't do it all, if I don't sacrifice, if I don't forego my sleep, my well-being, my self-care, because how many of us have that belief? It's like, I'll sleep when I die. There's so much to do. <laughs> yeah. And right. we and we like hold on to that as like, like you said, a badge of honor. Yeah. Like I'm willing to work harder than you. Yeah. And we like 
idolize this like hustle culture that is actually extremely toxic mm-hmm. to our <laughs> everything inner world. Yep. And it shows up in our bodies, in our exhaustion, in our immune systems. But the person that's like, I have to, because I don't know another way. And if I don't, then I think my life's going to come crumbling down. That's actually like, can you sit with for a moment that what if that was actually not true? That can be revolutionary for somebody. Yeah. And also for that too, like your life may come crumbling down because what you've built might not actually be what's in full alignment for you and integrity for you and your path. So that for me, it was that knowing that that's probably going to happen and the fear that I wouldn't be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, you get past a certain point in some ways where like you're continuing to repattern and your life doesn't crumble. But at the beginning, yeah, it's like the tower moment where it really does fall apart so that you can actually bring it together in a way that's true for you. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just consider like someone that you would probably think is very successful. And somebody who always comes to mind for me is Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. In so many ways, the epitome of success. Comedian, Oscar winner, icon, incredibly good at his craft, beautiful family, has all the money in the world, fame fortune kills himself. You know, it's just like, what is it going to take for people to wake up and realize that having things isn't, isn't going to fulfill you. And only sometimes it takes actually getting there to realize that. Mm -hmm. And then you grieve all of the time you spent chasing it and all the time you pot, I don't think wasted, but you can't get back. So when people start to have that awareness and they're like, okay, if, if the accomplishment, the accolade, the degree, the title isn't the thing that's actually going to fulfill me, what is? What have you found in your life as you started to redefine this for yourself? What does success mean to you now? And how do you find fulfillment in, in the journey instead of, achieving some type of destination. Yeah. I'm still in the process of redefining that truthfully um, because it was so ingrained. There's still like a, well, is it that? Are you sure? Mm-hmm. It's not that. It, it still pokes, still prods. It's like still inviting me to deepen in my, in my trust and my faith. But I've realized that peace for me is true happiness. You know, I could list off like peace, happiness, connection, love. But fundamentally, when you're at peace, it's like you're connected to the source of all that is. You're, you know, you realize that you're not alone. And and I realize for me that nothing is going to give me that but me. And it's going to require me to really dismantle everything I thought about who I was and what this reality is in truth. You know, I love, I love the idea of being able to create. Mm. And I love the idea of my creations getting into the world. So I don't want to lose 
the 3D, it's fun to podcast and it's fun to get a new car. Like those things can be fun, but I don't source my sense of self from that. Mm. I don't rely on those things to validate who I am. So as I continue to redefine what success is to me, I continue to ask myself about pleasure and peace. What is pleasurable for me? And is this going to offer me peace? Mm -hmm. And if my relationships don't offer that, if my business isn't in, in, the, in integrity with that, if my health isn't there, then that's going to invite me to reevaluate what I'm doing. And again, I want to reiterate a lot of the work that I've done and a lot of the things that I help people with, it's still having what's successful for you. There's still something meaningful about results, results and meeting your edges and uh, like accomplishing something. It's just recognize, it's just peeling back the layers and asking who's driving that, what are you doing it for and why? Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. Because when we ask why, and those that are listening, if you want to follow along, I encourage you to try this. Like, answer the question, I want to be successful because blank. For me, maybe it's, I want to be successful because I want to have a, a big house one day. I want to be able to go on vacation. I want people to know my name. Okay, then ask the question, mm -hmm. why? Mm -hmm. Why do I want to, to do that? Why do I want to go on vacation? Why do I want the big house? Why do I want people to recognize me? Someone stopped us outside the studio and was like, can I take a picture? My ego loves that. Mm -hmm. My ego is like, yes, I'm recognizable. <laughs> people know me. My face is on the wall. There's part of me that enjoys that, right? But that's, again, it's like I've also had to do the work. It's like, what is that the thing I'm after? And if so, why? But it's like, okay, if I want the big house, and you then ask why. It's like, well, because I didn't have that growing up. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, why is that important to you? Because I never want to go without. I never want to have to be say no to, you know, maybe my kids. I want my kids to have a life that I didn't have growing up. Mm -hmm. And when we ask that and we go, the, the exercise is like seven levels deep. When I did that for myself, I realized the ultimate driver of why I did everything in my life was because I was desperate to be good enough. Mm -hmm. Like I was just, I was like, why am I, why do I care about being such a good girl? Why do I care about being the best at everything, being the, the girl with the best grades and, and getting summa cum laude and all the things? It's like, why? Because then I'm good enough. And like you said, then I'm lovable. Mm -hmm. But when you get down to the root cause of what's actually driving you, then that's only when you can actually start to give that thing to yourself now and recognize the the need or the the void that's within you that you're trying to fill, right? Yeah, and I think that's the thing because you can still want that stuff. Mm -hmm. I want the big home. I want to make an impact. Primarily, mostly, I'm an Enneagram 2, wing 3. So I desire to inspire other people. So a lot of what I do does have the anchor point of, I want to help other people see what else is possible. Mm -hmm. I want to live in such a way that people see another way. And so 
it is really important to get down to why. And, and I think you're referring to the exercise where you keep going deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do that often to myself. And when you get to the bottom, it's like, oh yeah, that's really what's here. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about changing the desires. If the desire is on your heart, it's planted there for a reason. It's just getting into congruence and including your heart in that process and really asking your heart. Your heart is very intelligent. It's one of the strongest magnetic fields in the body. They've actually done studies that it has its own consciousness and nervous system. Hmm. And they've done studies where it actually responds to images before the image is seen. This is the, this leads. This is how we lead ourselves and other people. So if we can ask our, our hearts what it wants and include that in the process, I think it makes a really big difference in, in every area of life. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I want to give a quick shout out to our partner, Athletic Greens. The Coachable Podcast is all about the game of life and learning how to play it. And what I've realized is that all great players have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies, and a huge part of that is optimizing whole body health. For those of you who don't know, AG1 is a foundational nutritional drink that I started taking earlier this year as a way to spice up my supplement routine, double down on my athletic progress, and optimize my overall health. It's become an integral part of my daily morning ritual because with each serving of AG1, I get 75 high-quality ingredients that give me daily nutrients and long-term gut health support. Since starting to take it in the mornings, I've realized how much more energy I have. I used to need two to three cups of coffee to get going, but AG1 gives me a great morning boost, and it's a powerful micro habit that delivers macro benefits all day long. So if you want to level up your game and take care of your health like me, you definitely want to try out AG1 by Athletic Greens for yourself. If you do, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go over to athleticgreens.com slash coachable. That's athleticgreens.com slash coachable. Check them out today. What brings you the most fulfillment right now in your life? Community. I feel really fulfilled in contributing to community and being a part of something that feels bigger than me. You know, I felt like... (laughs) I thought fulfillment was in my coaching clients and, you know, retreats and all that. And that was satisfaction. It was enjoyment. That was gratifying. But for me, the fulfillment is remembering how tribal beings we are and how we thrive in connection with other people. And so being in community right now feels really fulfilling because I have in the past been very unconscious with the ways that I showed up in the world where my desire to show up for somebody still had a very self-serving place Mm -hmm. where I would be like, I'm going to show up for this person and so maybe they'll show up for me Mm -hmm. or I'm going to do this so that I can receive that, not really realizing that. So what feels really fulfilling for me is showing up in a community environment where I can offer somebody something from the goodness of my heart with no expectation. I think contribution, whatever that looks like for me, it looks like community in the long term for me, I'd like to be very philanthropic and humanitarian and really go to communities with these low socioeconomic communities and underprivileged people and go give back just because I can and I want to. Like that fills my heart. Mm -hmm. That fills me up with joy beyond anything that achievement could. So it's, it's giving 
with the understanding and the knowing and the desire to not actually receive and just offer something to someone like in a way kind of anonymously, just like, I want to offer this to you. So Mm -hmm. it feels really good to give back right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious, like, as you started to redefine this, you found like what you said earlier is like, there is another way. What is that way for you um, that you have found as that alternative? And what does that just look like practically um, in your life or what actually shifted in your mindset? Um, Where did you, was there somebody that gave you context for this? Or were you just believing, having faith in something you had had no evidence for? Or did you come into contact with somebody who's like, actually, like someone listening to you is like, you're saying there's another way, okay. What's the other way? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... The reason why many times we believe that there's one way is is sure, certainly programming, but is also because of trauma mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And so I had a you know a pretty significant amount of trauma from sexual abuse growing up, and from just the ways in which I was parented or whatever. And so I the other way wasn't just didn't just land in my lap, and I was like, "There's the way." Mm-hmm. It was the way that I chose to create it and realize that I have a very specific way. And that's the hard part is once you realize there's another way, you want somebody to show you the exact way. And but that becomes their way. That becomes their way. Yes. That, right. Exactly. <laughs> as soon so, as you're following someone else's way, it's not yours. Exactly. And so, yeah, it's not, what do you actually do following them for, right? You're still seeking. So that's really the most challenging part is to realize that the way is meant for you to create. The journey is about you paving it for yourself and recognizing what is what is the path for you. And so my path looked like healing my trauma mm-hmm. first before trying to get somewhere again and taking a pause from everything. And I realized not everybody can do that. I, lo- I luckily had the luxury to do that for around four or five months. And once I was able to heal, I was able to really relinquish a lot of the image that I had been portraying that I overly identified with. Here's the work that I do. Here is who I am. Here are the results that I get people. That's what I thought I was. That's who I thought I was. Not realizing the consciousness behind that. And so once I started to heal, I started to come back into what I think we're all coming into, which is home within ourselves. And because I was able to come into home, I'm not operating from these mental faculties or these survival strategies of once I do this, I'm going to receive love or once I have that, et cetera. I'm able to be in connection with the universe and the creator of all that is. We are not separate. That is, the belief that we are separate is what causes us to believe that we are. Mm-hmm. God is not outside of us. And I use God, the word loosely. It doesn't need to mean religious dogmatic. For me, it's, it's the creator. It's, it's the essence of what's inside of us. It's the presence of unconditional love. You know, I was asked this question on a podcast the other day, what is God to you? And I'm still figuring that out. Mm. I don't have the answer. And I love that I don't have the answer because I don't want the answer. I love seeking. I love truth, but like not seeking from like needing to know, but the curiosity of the playfulness of life. Mm -hmm. What is life? What is happening? What is all of this? 
So the path for me started with trauma healing and led me to a place where I could be in wholeness. I could retrieve the parts of myself that were fractaled off that had me believing that somebody else was better than me, that I needed to do this thing. And when I could be really present in every single moment, I could realize the power of my heart and what's guiding me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from that place, I received answers. For me, my path has been shown to me from getting really clear, quiet and still and praying and asking for the way to be shown and not being distracted, overly distracted by my phone and technology and work. Because well, it's not that we're disconnected, it's that we're distracted. Yes. I was going to say, I think one of the the identifying qualities, the things that we can identify in ourselves when we're kind of aligned with this false narrative of what success looks like is a lot of that comparison. Yeah. We're constantly looking at what is everybody else doing and should I be doing that too? Because we want to belong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the quietness and in the stillness, it's not, you're not looking out at the world and saying, do I look enough like you? Am I doing the right things? Is this like, I'm building programs because that's what they're doing. And I think that's what's necessary. It's like, no, what's actually alive in me? And how can I bring that forward into the world and give myself permission to create that, even if it looks completely different than what everybody else is doing, right? And that takes a lot of courage. So much courage. Because like you said, you don't have evidence that it's going to work. No. And And everyone wants certainty. Yep. Everyone wants certainty. And there's principles of influence that are playing out all around us of authority, right? So once we see somebody who has the thing, our psychology goes, that's the thing. They know the way. It's why commercials have, you know, people talking about prescriptions with doctor's coats on them who are not doctors. We all want the confidence and the conviction and to be like, well, they, they know, Mm -hmm. they know the way. And so it does require a lot of devotion and a lot of micro decisions in every moment to choose where your heart is leading you. Mm-hmm. And that sounds esoteric and abstract, but it really does speak to you. And life is always speaking to you. You know, once I got really connected to spirituality in a way of connecting really with spirit, I saw answers in in the trees. Mm-hmm. I saw answers in somebody else's eyes. I received answers from music and songs that came on when I was thinking about what am I going to do? And all of a sudden a song comes on and I'm like, I noticed a subtle shift in my energy. But if you're living in this survival state, if you're constantly distracted, you don't actually pick up on those subtleties because we are divinely led. If people really understood how much orchestration is happening in the spiritual world to provide us with support and answers, it would blow all of our minds. I mean, I'm still coming into full awareness around that. So it is truly about listening and not forcing and trusting the divine timing. And yeah, that's where the work is in it and sometimes requires a lot of us, a lot of us to like really choose again and again and Mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Have you ever read the book, The Alchemist? I haven't, but I know I've, everybody talks to me about it and I, and I really resonate with the concept. Yeah. But yeah. It's a, I highly recommend if, if this conversation resonates with you, go read that book because it, it's a fiction book, but it, it really depicts this, this journey that you were really talking about of Mm -hmm. like 
tapping into what does my soul desire and how do I actually let that lead me and how the world, how the universe will support you um, in that endeavor um, through guidance, through hearing a song, through like oh, being introduced to a book, right? Um, meeting someone at the perfect timing. It's like these little winks from the universe that I, I like to get up in the morning. And when I was really in this um, part of my life too, I would get up and I would be like, look for the evidence that I'm being guided. Because instead I had to trade the idea that I am lost. Because at the time when you start to wake up to this and you're like, wait, this doesn't fulfill me. I'm not happy. I don't want to be and have the stress and responsibility of my boss. My, my health is failing. I'm disconnected in my relationships. They're all really surface level. I'm isolating myself. I'm overworking. I'm comparing myself. Like these are all of the symptoms of being out of alignment, right? And I had all of them and I was waking up and I was like, okay, so if this isn't the way and there is another way, I need to go out every, like I would go out and be like, okay, show me, show me that I'm being guided because I don't know where I'm going. But like I traded in that idea that I'm lost to I'm guided. Mm. And then it's like, okay, little wink. Little wink, I, I mean, you know, I, I was yeah. in that when I, you and I met. Yeah, we were in a similar Sim space. Not that long ago, you guys. Like mm -hmm. I, this was a couple, not that long ago. And I had been traveling with the intention. I had no plan. I didn't know where I was going to go. I was just like, I know this isn't it. I just know this isn't going to lead me. What got me here isn't going to take me there, right? So I got to lean in to trust and faith. And I was at this point, I was like, here's, here's somebody in your path. Here's, here's a phone call from a friend that's inviting you to Vegas. Here's, and it was like, wink, wink, say yes. Just say yes. Keep going. Keep, and we think we're going to get all of those winks at once. We right. know exactly where Wouldn't we're going to end great? up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the thing though, too, is we hear the nudges. It's not that we're not hearing them. We're just not trusting them. Mm -hmm. And that's a big distinction where like, I'm not hearing it. I'm like, no, it's there. Mm -hmm. We're just not, we're not trusting it because we're like, for me, there was this really rebellious side of me. It was like, I know better. I would like hear a nudge to do something. And I'd be like, no, 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 I got it. Like, it was almost like I didn't want to be in a different place. I was like fighting to stay there. There was part of me that was like loving chewing on how difficult life was for me. And I would meet people and I would tell them how much I was struggling. There was love, there would be an overexpression of love. Right? Oh yeah, you're really going through it right now. I didn't, I didn't realize that I was doing that until I was much later out of, I was like, wow, I was really fighting to hold on to those limitations. But that nudge, that intuition, that guidance, whatever you think it's coming from doesn't matter to me. But I invite you to really sit with that voice and what it sounds like and how can you learn to trust it in the micro moments first. How do you learn to trust? That yeah. Thing? So the first thing I actually teach my clients and have them do is go on a nature walk. Spending time in nature is a great way to really hear this voice because when we live in a very developed city or area, a lot of there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of electromagnetic energy, there's a lot that gets that disrupts our energy field. Scientifically, this isn't necessarily spiritual. It yeah. is, but it's it's science. 
And so when we, you know, in shamanism and in spirituality, we talk, there's a lot of talk about there being soul loss and disconnection from mother earth. Mother earth is really showing us at how mirroring to us, how disconnected we are from her. And for me, really realizing that nature holds so much wisdom. There's wisdom in the voiceless. There's answers and guidance in the unseen worlds. That's what spirituality is. It's navigating the unseen. So one of the first things I have my clients do is go into nature, put your phone away. Start with putting your phone away first. Please put your phone take away. It, yes, step one, put your phone away. Maybe even don't take it or put it away on, on airplane mode and go outside in nature and don't have an agenda, like don't have an agenda and maybe have a lot of space, like maybe not have something for the rest of the day so that you're not on a time crunch. Mm-hmm. Go out in nature and like just walk and ask spirit to show you, show me where to go. Thank you for showing me where to go and just walk and feel the wind and how it like just caresses you and wants to surround you. Hear the birds chirping in the alive. This is that's around you. Feel the essence of life and how you're so connected to it. So, you know, before, you know, I think meditation, a lot of these practices are great, but I think starting in nature and really disconnecting from the matrix in a way is one of the best ways to really hear that that guidance and doing that frequently is what helped me. So I would go on intuitive walks and I would ask spirit to show me the way. Sometimes I'd end up in a, I somehow find my way back and I'd end up in a coffee shop and I'd meet someone or something would happen. Yeah. I didn't know I was, I wasn't intentionally doing that, but I was doing that during uh, the most transformative period of my life. And it was also during COVID when COVID hit and all we had to do, I was, I lived on the bank of a river um, and so going out in nature was one of my only things I got to do, but I would go out and I would, I didn't even know where I was going or why, it, but I, there was nowhere to be, you know, during mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. And so in that way, it was actually a gift. Cause I would just like go walking and then I'm like, oh, here's a, here's a rock. I'm just going to like, it calls to me and I'm just going to like sit <laughs> it calls on it. to you. But, and then it sounds so silly, but that was something I started yeah. to practice and it was filled with, then I got so filled with inspiration and curiosity and I wanted to continue to like connect in that way. And to your point, when we're so distracted and life is so busy, it's the opposite. Like slowing down is another sign that you're actually starting to get into alignment mm-hmm. because you're not obsessed with this urgency culture. It's like, I have to do it all and I have to do it all right now. It's like, can I give up the belief that like, if I don't do it all right now, I'm actually going to be okay. Yeah. Things are still going to be okay. And how much that steals our joy and our pleasure and our enjoyment of the thing we're actually, we say we like doing, even if you're like in a job that you like, but you are so caught up in like the busyness of it. Slowing down allows you to actually embrace what's available in the moment that you're doing it. Yeah. And something I'd like to add to that, because that's beautiful and brilliant said, sometimes when you slow down, it's going to feel worse at the beginning. Mm -hmm. We talk about a lot of these rituals and concepts and because they're so unfamiliar at the beginning, when you slow down, it will likely be one of the most uncomfortable things that you've ever done. And you might feel worse. And you're like, I thought that they said that this was going to happen. You're like, 
Thank, yes. Yeah. So you point. actually, sometimes you actually feel worse. And can you be with that feeling? Mm-hmm. You know, the presence process, Michael Brown is a great book to really be present with what is. That is the most sacred and loving thing is just to be with what is. And when you can be with what is, then you can actually transcend. So, you know, recognize in the space of the silence, the things that you've been avoiding might come creeping out. And if you can be with those and love those and look at that as medicine, then you can actually access different states. But first you got to get through a little bit of the mud sometimes. Mm -hmm. Any other just practices that you recommend outside of getting in nature and starting to do those intuitive walks that you either share with your clients or you'd share with our audience of how to develop that trust for that internal that internal wisdom. Yeah, I think just overall quickly is is prayer. Mm-hmm. I, like we're, we're for a moment right before we had this podcast is is prayer. Where is where, where is your attention and intention with everything before I invest? I pray when I get up in the morning. I pray, and if it doesn't land for you, do we use the word prayer? Just intention, mm-hmm. bringing your energy forth and into something so it's being directed. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's kind of chaotic. So for me, one of the practices I use all the time is that. And and I make everything a ritual. So when I'm showering, I imagine that all of the energy that I've taken on for that day is washing off. Mm. When I'm drinking a liquid or eating food, I'm imagining my cells are dancing and having a party and enjoying. So making everything a ritual and everything a practice and being the living prayer. And if you're moving through something that is really difficult, I say that, you know, the the bigger the pain, the harder the prayer. That doesn't mean harder in terms of making it hard, but like go deeper, be devoted into holding that for yourself. And miracles do really happen and show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I've experienced them. And I, and if nothing else, from um, A Course in Miracles, they define a miracle as a shift in perception. Yep. And that's what we're talking about, transcending the belief systems and the ideas and the um, just the concepts that we have about what success means and what it means to be successful and to have a successful life. When we actually in, encounter maybe a conversation like this and we have a shift in perception of what it could be and what we want it to be and what we truly desire, like that is a miracle in itself. And that's my intention for this show and this conversation with people that they maybe just can see something, see their lives, see their work in a little different little different way and maybe approach it with more intention or more heart or more um, just from a slower, more easeful, graceful place within themselves instead of this need to constantly run and do it all and sacrifice. And for the sake of, of success, I think we've really missed the boat if, if that's the place that we're coming from. Yeah, that was beautifully said. I totally agree. One breath at a time. Mm-hmm. You can just be with your breath, be in this moment. Truly, you'll be led. And I agree that it's about the miracles. And this could be a miracle that somebody even sees this mm-hmm. here. And and that's, you know, it's just one one person, one moment, one breath. That's all it takes. Yeah. What are you working on right now, um, if anything? And how can you share that with our audience so they can know more about you and your work and how you work with your clients? Please tell us kind of about what what you're working on and how they can connect with you. Yeah. So I'm relaunched my podcast, Transcendent Leadership, which I'm really excited about. You're going to be a guest on that. Yeah. And so that's coming into full production and show. And then getting ready to host some retreats later this year, likely one in Costa Rica and just doing private client work and 
really wanting just everything that I touch and every person that I connect with to just come into their heart and into peace. So I'm on social media at Carissa Johnson, Johnson with an E. And I would just love to connect with anybody there and hear any little nuggets that they took away from this podcast, this show. Yeah, absolutely. And I know there are people that are part of this audience that listen to the show that are looking for opportunities to get support, Mm -hmm. uh, to get in immersive experiences like retreats. So I encourage you guys to go to the show notes, connect with Carissa, find out when she is leading her retreats or how you can work with her if you feel really led and need support in your journey because we all do. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us, I myself included, this is not a destination. This is a continuous, ever-evolving journey that we get to be on. Um, that we get to enjoy. And part of, uh, I think, the lies that we believe about success is that we can do or be successful on our own. And that's actually not true, right? We need each other. We need um, to be supported and be in community. And if you're looking for that, um, I know and trust that, that Chris is such a good um, support system in and um, for your journey. So go to the show notes, make sure that you connect with her and connect with us online. We are putting these episodes. If you're listening to this on YouTube, you can also watch us there. If you want to see our faces and the way that we uh, interact in the studio, it gives you a little bit of a different dynamic. And if you just learn better by watching, make sure you go over to our YouTube um, channel to connect with us there. I'm just grateful. Every time I get to sit down and share space with somebody who is so committed to their own work and to the journey of of going inward and finding the answers and the wisdom within. Um, and so thank you for pointing us back to ourselves because we are the ones that really have those answers and we need guides like you to remind us of that. Thank you. Yeah, we're all leading each other home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Coachable Podcast. Go be coachable this week. I'll see you next week on the Coachable Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.